Hey everybody, Mike here with the Hillco Homes Deep Dive Podcast. Have another very special guest for you today. And today uh, we're going into a little bit more of the personal story of getting into wholesaling. So stay tuned. guys. First of all, I want to thank you again, as always, for listening to our podcast. Um, I know we don't at this time have a very big uh, listener base, but for those of you who consistently listen to us, thank you. We definitely appreciate it. Uh, Reach out to us. Let us know what topics you want to hear us discuss. Um, As you you know, uh, we are always looking to engage with our audience. If you have a question, if you want to be on the show, let us know. Email me, Mike, M-I-K-E, at hillcohomes.com. Now, today I have with me Jason. So I'm not going to introduce him because I want him to introduce himself. And I think he has a very uh, interesting personal story about how he got to where he's at right now. So, uh, Jason, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how you how you got to where you're at. Well, hello everybody. My name is Jason Cabrera. I am the CFO and systems manager at the Infinity Cash Offer um, real estate company. So um, yeah, I've been in the game for about nine to 10 months so far. Okay. It'll be a year in December on the 13th. Nice. Nice. So um, how did you, uh, is this the, like the first company that you've worked with doing wholesale real estate or anything real estate related? Yeah, for sure it is. Awesome. Well, Um, what did you do before? Uh, before this, I was a production supervisor, production control supervisor, actually, for a supplier of Toyota. Okay. Yeah, I've been working at that company for seven years, and uh, I actually quit on my seventh year anniversary in June of this year. Wow, wow. So um, that's that's interesting you say that because a lot of the uh, the people that we talk to, not just on the Ask Wholesale show doing the Facebook Lives, but even, even here on the podcast... Um, you know, leaving that, that nine to five is always that yeah. biggest hurdle or the, the, what if, you know, it was it's scary. The, <laughs> it's that, uh, that lingering question of, yeah. you know, can, can I do it? And, um, I know for some people, like they just go all in, they don't, right. they don't care. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, I'm sure they do care, mm-hmm. but it's that, that mentality of like do or die. I got to exactly. get it done. Um, so what was, what was your situation like? Did you stick with the job and then start building yourself yeah. into wholesaling? Or? So what happened was, um, I had met Q through a mutual friend of ours and, um, he had showed me some multi-level marketing stuff and I knew that mm-hmm. that wasn't for me when I got into it. I got into it with the best intentions and I was just like, nah, this isn't for me. I'll just stick to my nine to five. And at that time I was a, um, starting from the bottom of where, where the, the business was at. So, um, I was actually a temp agent in that company and, uh, I started to just move on. And, um, once I got into the wholesaling, I was following Q for quite a while and I saw that he was doing the whole wholesaling thing. So, um, he gave me rich dad, poor dad. He told me to read it mm-hmm. and, um, you know, told me to get back to him. I yeah, read the book yeah. and I was just like, um, I don't really understand it. <laughs> I mean, it's been forever since I actually read a book yeah. and I had to go back. It took me almost like two, three weeks to finish it. Cause I had to go back two pages. Oh, what did I 
miss or right. what don't I understand. So um, tried to get back to Q and I found out it was all a test that he was trying to see how my persistence and my consistency was going to be. So um, I sat down and I was like, you know what? I'm going to read this book again and I'm going to fully understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gave me this crazy feeling like what have I been doing my whole life? (laughs) (laughs) Like I've been spending money on the wrong stuff and I should be using money as a tool, not as an expense or something. So, um, he reached out to me December, 2018. And he told me just to show up at his, at his office and, you know, be dressed sharp. (laughs) So I had just got out of work at that time and I worked nights, mind you. So I would go in at six 30 and I would leave at six 30, um, try to do as much overtime as possible to, to keep the, the mouths fed. And, um, as soon as I got out, didn't sleep. And I went straight to the office that same day, knowing I had to go the other, you know, do another 12 hour shift next day or that same day. Yeah. yeah. And, that's um, tough, man. yeah, I, that's what happened. I got in and he was just like, yeah, let's do it. And he's never worked with anybody who had a job before. So yeah. I stuck with that. No, that's tough. That's, um, and for people who are listening, you know, whether it's wholesaling or entrepreneurship in general, mm-hmm. um, I always give the advice that do what you are comfortable with, you know, what, what works for you Mm because what works for you may not be what works for somebody else or the next guy. Right. Um, and and I can definitely relate, you know, I was at a company, uh, for about two and a half years and, you know, doing real estate investment stuff. The company ended up having some troubles. They sold, basically everybody got let go. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a a salary plus commission, so they moved me just to commissions entirely. Um, The commissions they paid were not very good at all, so I ended up leaving. Uh, It didn't take very long for me to leave. But but at that point, um, you know, I had I had been growing businesses on my own, you know, leading up to getting that job because I actually came to that job as a consultant, and I was helping them build a CRM for their business because they didn't have one, right. which was surprising to me because the for the size of the business and the amount of revenue they had and the amount of clientele they had, um, I, it was just beyond me that, that they had no way, <laughs> no like quality control for, right. for their processes and their systems. And, um, and so I, I came in, built that all, all out and, uh, you know, the owner, uh, quickly realized or found out rather, um, I was an investor. I had been doing that for a while. I was, you know, had sales experience and he gave me uh, the opportunity to work with them. Um, but long story short, you know, the, the CEO was, was my mentor Mm -hmm. and, um, he was basically like, you only have to focus on this for this to work. So like sell your other businesses or get out of those things oh, wow. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I did sell one of my businesses um, and it, it kind of worked out cause I was going to sell anyway, mm-hmm. but it kind of like moved the deadline up uh, mm-hmm. earlier. Um, I, I divested out of another business and then my consulting, I basically just stopped doing stuff. Mm-hmm. So after that company, uh, my time with them finished, I had no backup. So, you know, I had to go find something to do until Mm -hmm. I could build my businesses up again. Um, And in that time, one of the things I I did uh, and I, you know, was kind of connected in the real estate community. So I was still talking to people, doing odd jobs here and there. Um, And this was before um, Marco approached me about uh, building systems for Hilco. 
And um, at that time, one of the things I was thinking of doing was, hey, what if I got my license to be a private investigator and oh, just wow. sold my services to all the real estate investors? Mm -hmm. Because there's a need for that. Exactly. You know, like finding people or tracking down heirs or, you know, there's there's a, a whole like world of mm -hmm. like problem properties. Yeah, I was going to say like you're, you're a problem solver. And right. it's insane yeah, yeah. because we're in this deal doing problem solving. Right, right. And, and having that that license or that certification uh, gives you extra access to like government databases yeah. that you don't have as a normal wholesaler. Exactly. And so I, I want, I wanted to go down that route. So I ended up um, finding out a buddy of mine works in the oil field doing security work oh, wow. on a, on a private ranch that they have like hella numbers of, uh, of oil field patches. Right. right? And, uh, and so I, I got my level three, level four, started working for that company, but it was 12 hour overnight shifts. And at the same time I started doing work with Hilco. So like wow. I would, I would come into the office with Hilco back when we were at Geekdom, um, you know, like nine in the morning, I'd work till about one have lunch. And then I'd drive two hours out to, uh, it's like a little past, uh, Carrizo Springs to a tiny little town called Katerina, Texas. And then I would work a 12 hour shift and stay with my buddy and I would do Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, and then Sunday morning drive back and then be ready to come back to work the next day. Man. And, yeah. and I did that for almost a year. Yeah. I know so, exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I, I can relate, man. It's very tiring, it but, is. uh, but at the same time, like that's what worked for me. Mm -hmm. And, it, and I don't think a lot of people would uh, would choose to do that. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> it depends but, on what, how hungry they are for sure. Right. Right. And, and that was going to be my neck, my, that's the segue into my, my next uh, question about, um, like setting priorities and, and, you know, going after your ambitions. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, for me, like I saw that as paying my dues, mm -hmm. you know, like to, to get that private investigator, yeah. as, you know, uh, to get to that level of, of, of being able to do that kind of work. Mm -hmm. Um, and at least in the state of Texas, you have to do two years of PI work with a firm and before you can qualify to take your manager's license. Right. Okay. So I'm still doing that. I, I, I gotta pay my dues. Yeah, know? for sure. Um, but the same thing in wholesaling, like, you know, you, you have to go through that process of, mm -hmm. This is a cold call. You got to learn. Yeah. This is the negotiation techniques. This is the, the, the contract this is how you write it. You know? Right. So like when, uh, when you were getting started and making that transition, like what were the things that you focused on and, and, and how did you like reconcile the fact that you had your job and you're doing wholesaling? So with me, it was all about conditioning. Now, um, skateboarding really helped me out when I was a young kid. Mm -hmm. Um, it's always about I believe that nobody can perfect skateboarding whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, you can be the top-notch skater in the world, and there's no way you cannot fall off. Right. So um, it helped me with my conditioning as far as if you don't do it right the first time, do it again, do yeah. it again, yeah. do it again. Yeah, absolutely. And um, before you know it, you, you're going to get where you got to go. And I take skateboarding as if I were to fall, pay my dues. You know, mm -hmm. if I'm going to get hurt. I know I'm going to get right. hurt. but. Right. I'm still alive. I'm still breathing. <laughs> so um, what happened was, and I remember you saying geekdom. Um, one time I had gotten out, and I think this was when uh, Michael, um, it was Mike and Charles, Q, and then I think um, Marco was on there. And um, they had that whole real estate 
thing talking about wholesaling. I had just got out of work. I was still in uniform and I showed up at like, I think it was 11 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. I was dead tired. <laughs> um, but I knew that if I can go through this route, there's nothing else that's going to get me. There's nothing that's yeah. going to kill me. And if I stop breathing, then that's when the journey's done. You know, I'm going to go in there. Whatever it takes is what it is. That whip mentality is what most people look at is mm-hmm. whatever it takes, you know, um, just to see if it's going to work or if it's something for me. And if I can work a 12 hour job, you know, and I can still do wholesaling on the side, mm-hmm. I mean, possibilities are endless for sure. Right. Right. And, um, I had just did a post on Facebook where, you know, I seen this guy, he's blind and he can skateboard. And I was just like, man, a lot of people think that things are impossible, but right. if you were to look in that word impossible and you separate the words, you see I'm possible in there. So it, definitely works out uh, for people who are closed-minded they they should just at least see what they can do you know right. and i think it's it's more of like um how far can you go you know right. pushing your your abilities in whatever it is that you're trying to do yeah yeah and i think also one of the things you going back to the mentality of it um and i learned this from one of my very first mentors back when i was you know, getting started in financial services, um, that when, when surrounding yourself with people that, that want to help you grow, mm-hmm. um, first of all, that's the important thing, you know, yes. cha- change who you're around yeah. so that, you, you know, you're around the right people, the exactly. right mindsets and, and, and those kinds of things. You put yourself in an environment that's going to help you grow and help them grow, you mm-hmm. know, cause it, it's all about bringing value. But um, when, when surrounding yourself with those kinds of people, you know, make sure that your mindset is in a, a situation where, um, when challenges come up, it's not, uh, what can't I do, but mm-hmm. how can I do it? Exactly. And, uh, and I think that's often overlooked, mm-hmm. you know, the that not critical having, thinking part, not of... having a plan in place mm-hmm. because, um, regardless of what industry you're in, whether you have a job or whether you're an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. um, starting something new is a very daunting task. It can be very, scary yeah. because first of all, you don't know what the hell you're doing. Exactly. Second, you don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, but ultimately I think everybody knows where they want to end up mm-hmm. and it's the challenge is figuring out how to work backwards from that, right. how to set your goal of this is where I want to be. How do I get there? Mm-hmm. Not, that 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 end goal is so far out of reach because I've never done it right. that it's just not possible. Yeah. And, I mean, er, everything is possible if mm-hmm. you have the right combination of things, right? Correct. And um, and one of those things is having a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so going back to your story, so you're working twelve hours a, a shifts overnight, and you're wholesaling. Mm-hmm. How did you get from? doing that combination of work to just wholesaling and did it take you a while like yeah what what challenges did you have um when i first got into it my first deal oh man i probably called about seven thousand people um within the first i don't know three to four months Mm -hmm. i mean it's possible it's doable and i'm just throwing a number i want to say it would have to be at least seven thousand if not three thousand but it was a lot. I mean, if you're making 300 calls a day, you know yeah. what I'm saying, in four or five months, it's quite a bit of, of uh, calling. So that's just more of, you know, grinding it out. And I got my first deal and um, 
it took about two months to close, mm-hmm. something like that. And it was a pretty nice check that came out of it. And I was just like, wow, if it took me three to 7,000, you know, calls to make this one deal happen, it's definitely sure possible to, to start learning different strategies, right. start getting into the, the rhythm and start learning everything. So, um, it did take me about, I want to say about six months, seven months before I decided to quit. Mm-hmm. Like I said, this was December of last year. So, um, the last pop was in June and I made 8,000 in June. Mm-hmm. And then another deal fell in and I made another two grand off of that. So then it's just like, wow, I made $10,000 in, in two months. Yeah. And I mean, working off of a salary, you know, off of $63,000 a year. Yeah. And I'm only bringing home 1100 every two weeks or every other week. Yeah. Um, gosh, I mean, I just damn near tripled if not quadrupled <laughs> my uh amount so i said you know what this was this was it for me and i just said you know what i walked right into the 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 my next day actually and i i walked in there and i told everybody in my crew and i was just like look i mean y'all know i've been doing this for a long time and i think it's time for me to leave and i built so many relationships there it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, I knew the CEO there. I knew the president, the owner of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually the um, Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I just just said, peace out. I walked <laughs> right out. <laughs> and um, it's the longest job I've ever held before. So, I mean, before that was probably about a year. But mm-hmm. staying here and... Um, I don't know, man. I just feel like God really helped me out a lot. And I think yeah. I did pay my dues quite a bit. Um, and it just worked out. I, it's, I don't know how to explain it. It just happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah. change your environment. You start learning a lot of things. And those people who are around you are definitely going to help you succeed for sure. And awesome. they don't like to see... I found out a lot of successful people don't like to see other people not succeed. They right. want you to succeed. Right. They're not going to give you the keys to the Lambo. They're going to give you <laughs> you know, the direction to the keys to the Lambo. Right. You know what I mean? Right. They, that's how you have to learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now that, now that you're doing um, wholesaling, uh, mm-hmm. I guess full-time, yeah. um, you've been with Q's team. Because, uh, for those of you who are listening, that we're talking about Quentin Flores. Quentin he's Flores. One of the, Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's one of the, uh, um, I guess, major wholesalers in the San Antonio area. So there's a, a handful of, of big teams that operate in the San Antonio uh, real estate sphere. Uh, and, and Quentin is one of them. And we've done a, a lot of business with you guys. And yeah. we love working with you guys. Um, I think the the people on Q's team are all great people. Yeah. Um, so, you're uh, now you're with uh, with Quentin, and mm-hmm. um, what is your like? Do you have a like job role, or is there a responsibility that yeah, you have so, other than just wholesaling? Yeah, my role is the chief financial officer, mm-hmm. um, and it all started with when I first got into this. It was insane. They gave me the um, the formula, which is obviously the ARV. You times mm-hmm. that by seventy percent, and bam. Um, I took of it as like a problem solver, the same thing that you right. did. You were like, hey, I got to get in PI, you know, everybody's going to need this skill, whatever. I did the same thing. So I was calculating my the one offer I was going to do and I was writing it down on a piece of paper and um, I was just like, oh, okay, well, this is the investor's budget. So I get that, you know, ARV times the 70%. 
investor's budget and then i was just like okay we got this and i was just like all right so if i'm doing it if they're selling for this much uh, as far as the arv goes if it's selling for that much i'm just gonna see where my bracket is Mm -hmm. so i found out that i can't i'm looking at it as an investor point right. of view so right. if off of a hundred thousand dollar arv you can you know the budget is seventy thousand right so yeah. um i can't i was just like okay well i'm gonna minus the rehab and then i was just like okay well if i can get this house at thirty thousand dollars i can make you know quite a bit of money mm-hmm. i can sell it for forty thousand there's my ten thousand dollar assignment and i wrote it all down and i was just like okay well then I started saying, okay, well, this is the lowest, this is the medium, this is the high. I can't go no more than this. This mm-hmm. this version, I think the, the house I was looking at, no more than $40,000. So then I was just like, all right, well, called up the seller. And I was just like, hey, you interested in selling your property at this much, whatever. And uh, she was just like, no, no, that's you know too low, too low. And I was just like, all right. But it took me a while to even call the lady because I calculated everything. So then I sat back and I was just like, well, I've been working with Excel at my old job. Why not just make a spreadsheet? Yeah, so yeah. I made the spreadsheet and it's instant. It's instant. And that's what helped Q out because I went up to show Q. I was like, look, dude, I created this at work. And they were just like, what? What are you talking about? And I was just like, well, I'm the supervisor. So I just watched the team and then, you know, I'm doing whatever needs to be done. Obviously, paperwork yeah. and following up with a lot of stuff. Um, I created it and he was just like, yo, man, this is this is insane. Like we don't have to, you know, end up. How can I say? He's like, we can do this offers over the phone. Like, teach people how to do it on the computer. Mm-hmm. You've got the calculator there, and you have your range. You know, you yeah, know exactly yeah. what you need to do. And I did that, and here we are. <laughs> it was insane. It was really, really crazy because I didn't think it would go anywhere. I thought it was just yeah. going to help us out. Yeah, you know. Yeah. No, that, that's awesome. Um, and I mean, the, I guess uh, you would be the equivalent of my counterpart. Like yes. What, what you do with Quentin is yes. what I do with Hilco. And, um, and that was pretty much the conversation I had with Marco because what I had done for the other company, um, like he saw that he saw the value Mm -hmm. in, in, uh, in the productivity, uh, and the yield from automating certain processes. Mm -hmm. And that's what he wanted in, in Hilco. I mean, any business wants that and they, they should, they should incorporate that, you know, having proper processes to, uh, streamline your effort so you can do more with less. Exactly. You know? And, um, and yeah, that's, the, I mean, at this point, what we're working on is integrating calculators like that, mm-hmm. but directly into our CRM so mm-hmm. that our guys don't have to go anywhere. Exactly. It's all in one place. Exactly. And, and they can, you know, just jump in and out of a tab maybe, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and really be much more effective in, in the delivery uh, I mean, I like to tell people like I work in the background and <laughs> my, my job is to make sure that the wholesalers mm-hmm. wholesale. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> they don't have to worry about anything else. Yeah. Like all they got to do is make the call, get the contract. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yes. Uh, uh, my, uh, my ultimate goal is to make that as easy as possible for them. Uh, and uh, and it's it's always an ongoing process because yeah. you know like, like as you know every business uh, is constantly growing is mm-hmm. constantly changing you have to adapt not just to the business's needs but mm-hmm. to the market environment exactly because that changes too and that's going to affect how you how you run your business how you approach things um, yeah and, and you know looking at it from like a 
projection standpoint, I guess, um, what, what do you guys do or what, how do you think about scalability in terms of, you know, mitigating against loss or mitigating against major changes that would affect your workflows? So the way we look at it is reverse engineering. Mm -hmm. So what you want to do is you want to at least have a goal, which is what most companies end up looking at. You want to be able to get that highest goal ever. Like it, it can be the beyond your wildest dreams. I want a hundred million dollars this year. You know, um, how are you going to do that? You know, okay, well look at your statements from last year and look what happened the year before that. Mm -hmm. And then do an average and compare what, what would went down in those two years. Mm -hmm. Um, you can get as much data as, you know, three years ago, four years ago, but if you calculate everything, you can see where the growth went where um, all your losses went, mm-hmm. what tactics you did during those three years, and right. how you're going to make them change. So if with Q, for instance, that, that calculator I created, I also made a budget thing that I used for my personal self when mm-hmm. I was a supervisor in order to save my money and figure out what I'm going to end up getting by the end of the year. Right. So I was projecting it. You know what I'm saying? Okay, well, if I can save this much, and this is how much I'm getting every two months or every every uh, other week, um, I can come out with $15,000 by the end of December. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I did was just looking ahead and then seeing what I did be, uh, before and then how can I change the things from before to make that end goal. And, um, when I did that, then he was just like, yo man, like I've used to just spend money. Like I would save it for my CPA. I would do all of that stuff. And I was like, but the CPA is only there for the year. Why yeah. aren't you tracking it a month? Why aren't you tracking it weekly? You know, right, cause if right. you do it like that, then you can see your data in, in a different way than what most people, obviously the CPA is going to look at it at the end of the year, you right, know, but if right. you can do this in the beginning quarter or at the end of the quarter, whatever, it kind of helps him out and it kind of helps you out because now you can see how far you can go, how, how much you can scale, right. where all your employees are going to be making. It's all about those KPIs. Yes, that's <laughs> all it is. It's all numbers. And it's so insane because I really hate math. But uh, <laughs> the one thing that I love about it is it's truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's real. And, um, yeah, that's basically reverse engineering. How can you get somebody else to get to that same level um, by scaling is reverse engineering is basically Mm -hmm. what it is. What did you do before? What do you want to happen, you know, in the future? Right. Putting that plan in place. Exactly. (laughs) Execute, 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 execute. Mm -hmm. And don't be scared. Just do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think one of the fun things that, um, a lot of entrepreneurs really don't think about is that when it comes to the growth of a business, um, the the mentality and the fear of you know will it work like nobody knows exactly that's kind of like the fun thing about the business is that um you won't know until you know (laughs) (laughs) for sure Uh, i mean that's that's both exciting and it's also scary Mm -hmm. but at the same time you know if you're following your kpis you Mm -hmm. keep track of those things um you you can get a, uh, I guess a better educated guess mm-hmm. on what's working, what's not working. Right. And then kind of extrapolate from there. Exactly. Like if I keep doing this, I should expect this mm-hmm. and then try it, see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And especially when you're pinpointing it at that micro level, I mean, you don't want to be like down to the T, you know what I'm saying? Cause then you're going to just have stress on yourself. Yeah. Um, but if you can kind of 
see it you know i mean if you do something for such a long time you can see it you know you know what's going to happen right. you just it's an intuition that you have right um but at that point when you start seeing stuff fail you can stop it right there in mm -hmm. the butt and then you can redirect it you right. know most companies most businesses they it takes them a while and they're just like well how long have we known about this and it's just like everybody's been telling about it but you don't want any change <laughs> you know but and yeah. the minute that you do change things just you know things blow up and they think that's exactly what happened yeah so yeah, yeah that's exactly it i mean we put it right there in the button <laughs> it's you, you catch it right there you can change it and you stay on course okay so as far as where you've come from going into uh, i mean we're basically right around the corner for 2020 oh yeah um, i mean we're coming into thanksgiving this week and we have uh, a month left before mm -hmm. the the end of the year um for you personally what are your goals for this coming year that that you've already kind of thought about projected started planning for like what where do you see yourself going well um I know when I got into this, I had a goal for the end of this year uh, that was to still do wholesaling and still work my, my <laughs> nine to five job. Um, all of that did change after, you know, getting that 10,000. Um, but when that happened, I figured out, okay, well, I'm still new to this thing because I mean, I feel like you're never done learning yeah, and I've yeah. learned so much stuff in such a small amount of time. Um, it happened to me while I was working at that company, I moved up three lead positions in less than two years. Mm -hmm. So I was like, wow, if I can do that the same way in nine months, I mean, imagine where I'm going to go at the start of the year. So at the start of the year, um, what I'm projecting is, um, more knowledge that's for sure and i feel like i'm gonna have a lot more value to a lot of people mm -hmm. i'm gonna be able to answer the questions that i asked when i first got in yeah. um and i'm looking at probably a higher salary that's for sure because of the fact that my salary goal for the end of this year was supposed to be i think it was a ninety thousand dollars mm -hmm. and that was just making thirty thousand in wholesaling and then mm -hmm. the sixty three thousand from from the other job um, but this one, I think it's like, gosh, starting out, what, three, 400,000. <laughs> and I might be even shoot myself in the foot there. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't even like to say sky's the limit because I feel like I'm going for the universe. I don't yeah. want the sky to stop me. You know, we have three other status or three other spheres out there. But, um, yeah, I feel like I'm going to be way ahead of the game for sure. And nice. I felt the same way when I even first started this, like coming up to Q and I was telling them, yo, dude, like we should go out this way. We should do something like this. We should do something like that. And it's worked out so far. Now, I'm not saying, you know, that I'm bragging about her or whatnot, but I do feel like I'm one of those type of dudes that sees always ahead and it's just the fact of what you have to do in order to get there for sure right um but projecting it yeah i think we're gonna be extremely extremely huge and it's scary to say that <laughs> because like i said at the other job those three lead positions in less than two years it was scary because i couldn't enjoy it you know what yeah. i mean yeah. i moved so fast and i felt the same way here but 
I mean, be comfortable and comfortable. <laughs> that makes sense. Right, right. Yeah, no, that, that's, I get it. Um, and I think anybody who wants to, who has some level of ambition mm-hmm. um, would understand as well. Um, I mean, if you're at a job or if you're self-employed or you're an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you have to have goals. Like, yeah. think, uh, otherwise you, you don't grow. And, right. um, that's, that's the ultimate thing is, you know, if you, if you grow in value and bring value to others, you also receive value and exactly. that's, that's, that's the ultimate thing, you mm-hmm. know, like it just so happens that you know, the more value you bring, it's also tied to a monetary amount. Exactly. You know? And so, so at, at the end of the day, it's, it, that's what it comes down to is how much value can you bring and how much value can you be to somebody else? Um, but I think we're uh, just about done with today's uh, podcast episode. We're pushing now 32, 33 minutes. Um, well, I'm going to do you. a quick shout out to our sponsor of Longhorn Investments. Um, if any of you who are listening uh, operate in the South and Central Texas area um, as a, whole, a wholesaler or even as an investor, uh, Longhorn Investments is a great uh, resource to use for a hard money lender. To, uh, look for Longhorn Investments on Facebook, Instagram. Reach out to Jade Flores. She's the, the regional manager for that. Super awesome, uh, very friendly, uh, and, and she's a great guide to navigating the hard money lending process and being an investor. She's an investor herself. Uh, her and her husband are, are fantastic people. They've been in the game for a while. So yeah, definitely check them out. Now, before we uh, end this episode, Jason, I got to ask you, what's your go-to for uh, beard oil? Because you have... You, beard for, oil? For, for those of you who, <laughs> who are listening, you can't see, but he has yeah. a really awesome mustache. So I got to ask, like, what do you use? Um, well, right now it's cold, so I'm just using uh, just regular mustache wax. Okay. Um, but during the summertime, I don't really use anything because it gets all wild out. Yeah. Um, but so far over the year that I've... It's like been one or two years, but I've just been combing it out and just... That's it. I mean, I don't do anything else with it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> other than that, but just mustache wax, and that's that's how it comes out. Okay. I really love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it looks great. It's, it's a good look on you. Thank you. Um, so that's that's pretty much it. That's all I wanted to, to throw in there. So, uh, uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Deep Dive uh, Hillco podcast. And until next time, if you have any questions, any comments, you, you want to get in touch with us, uh, send me an email, Mike, M-I-K-E, at hillcohomes.com. And uh, Jason, how can people reach out to you? Where, where can they find you? Um, you can find me at um, Facebook at Jason Brandon Cabrera. Um, you can see me, uh, on Instagram at, at, and then it's tie my chew, which is T A I M Y C H U. And then you can email me at J A Y S E N infinity at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, again, thanks guys for listening. And Thank this you. is another episode of the Hillco homes deep dive podcast till next time.